The only way to ensure that your life is appropriately invested is to make the right big decisions. This is the third message in the series, Smart Living. The message is entitled, Make Better Decisions, Part 1. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. As we continue our series together entitled, Smart Living, and I want to talk to us today about making better decisions with our lives. How do we make better decisions? This is going to be a two-part message, so I will start out the uh, topic today. We will conclude this particular topic next week and then continue our series and other topics talking about smart living. You know, from time to time, it's really important to just stop and do a little inventory of your life and to ask yourself the question, how am I doing? Am I living my life smartly? And that word smart, I'm using it not from an intellectual standpoint or an academic standpoint, but I'm using it as the Bible would use it. It's related to wisdom. Am I living a wise life? Do I understand wisdom? And am I becoming wiser in the way that I am truly living my life? The Bible, indeed, the entire book from Genesis to Revelation is a book, obviously, of the wisdom of God to us. There is one particular book in the Bible that is dedicated to wisdom, and that book is the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs given to us by King Solomon, the son of David, and when he took over the throne of Israel, he asked God for a gift. He asked God for the gift of wisdom, and God gave him that incredible gift of wisdom, and what we have in the 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs is quite a bit of that wisdom that God imparted to Solomon. We're really encouraging you to get into the habit of reading the book of Proverbs along with your other regular devotional reading, and we've created actually a devotional reading guide for the book of Proverbs. If you haven't downloaded it yet, it's available for you at church-redeemer.org slash Proverbs, and you can use that to read one chapter of Proverbs each day. It's a great thing because you can literally read through the book of Proverbs. If you read one chapter a day, you can uh, move through it in a month's time, 31 chapters, generally 31 days in the month, and so you can easily, quickly go through the book of Proverbs about 12 times every year. It's a download of wisdom for you and for me. Now, part of what it means to live a wise life involves what we're talking about this weekend and, Lord willing, next weekend. It, It involves making better decisions. Wise people are always improving their decision making skills. And all through the pages of the book of Proverbs, we're encouraged to think about where our life is going, to think about the decisions that we are making. Let me lay this out for you with some scriptures from Proverbs as we get started here today. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse number 11, reading from the New Living Translation, I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. It's a very important phrase we'll come back to in a moment. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. God says, I want you to walk in straight paths. That is, I don't want you to be taking unnecessary detours with your life. Have you ever had a life detour? That by reason of a decision that you made, it kind of got you off track for a period of time. You were not on the straight path that you needed to be on. And so wisdom will lead you to better decisions that will keep you focused on the right path. Proverbs 4, 11, and 12 from the message paraphrase. I'm writing out clear directions to wisdom's way. I'm drawing a map to righteous road. I don't want you ending up in blind alleys or wasting time making wrong turns. There you see the idea. Again, hold tight to good advice. 
Don't relax your grip. Guard it well. Your life is at stake. Now we see here in verses 26 and 27, mark out a straight path. There's the phrase again, the concept again, a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked or detoured. Keep your feet from following evil. And the last foundational verse I'll give you today is Proverbs 4, 26 and 27 from today's English version. Plan carefully what you do and whatever you do will turn out right. Notice, plan carefully. Think about the decisions you're making and whatever you do will turn out right. Avoid evil and walk straight ahead. What, what word has shown up multiple times here today? The idea of walking straight ahead. Don't go one step off the right way. All of these verses point to the idea of decision-making and setting your life on a straight path that will not only honor God, but will also lead you to the right places for your life. So today I'm going to help us to understand something about this straight path, something about how you and I are to think when it comes to the decisions of our life. I'm only, only going to give you two things today. There'll be two more next weekend that we'll look at together, but two basic things that I want to leave you with today. The first principle for today is to remember that your decisions are the very things that are creating your life. Your life, my life, our lives in large part are determined by and are the result of the choices that we have made in life. When God created humanity, when he made you and when he made me, he gave us many incredible gifts, but one of the most powerful gifts that he gave us is the gift of, I'll write it down here for us, a free will. You are not a puppet. God could have easily made us as though we were puppets on a string and always did what he wanted us to do, but instead he gave us this gift called a free will. Jesus demonstrated this in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. And so we see in humanity the gift of a free will, the ability to make life choices. We call it sometimes your agency in life. We call it your volition, your capacity to choose what you will or you will not do. And your life decisions made by you, made by me, determine your life direction, and your life direction will determine your life destiny. Let me give that to you again. Your life decisions will determine your life direction, and your life direction will determine your life destiny, where you end up in life. We are responsible for our choices. And while indeed we certainly have many things that will influence the choices of our life, and the, at the end of the day, when it comes down to the bottom line of life, you and I are responsible, even when tough things happen to us, we're responsible for how we respond to it. And if we properly exercise this gift of our free will, our life will be blessed. If we fail to use this gift wisely, we certainly do suffer certain consequences. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. Wisdom, making the right choices, using your will in the right direction, what will it do for you? It will 
add years to your life. You're the one who will profit if you have wisdom that is make the right decisions. And if you reject it, you are the one who will suffer. Think with me for a moment about how foolish choices in our lives can actually result in, the, in, in early death or can certainly result in the diminishing of our life by the stress that those things cause us. And wise decisions, as the Bible says, can add years to our life. We suffer when we fail to follow God's wisdom, and we benefit when we choose to follow God's wisdom. Let me say something about this before we move on and look at this a little bit more in depth. Please remember that all of us are learning wisdom throughout our entire life. There's never a time that you or I are are perfectly wise. We grow in wisdom. There's still a lot of foolishness in all of us. Can I get an amen right there? Okay. There's a lot of foolishness in all of us. And never think that you or I are beyond the point of foolishness in life. We still have foolishness that's a part of who we are. And so we need to be growing in wisdom. You never get too old to not need more wisdom, and you're never too young to start acquiring wisdom for your life. It spans the entire life journey. Wisdom is an ongoing journey of life. Now, where do we begin? If we're going to make good decisions that add years to our life, what what kind of decisions do we need to be thinking about? So I'm going to lay out for you some of these decisions, five primary kind of decisions that you need to make that will set the course of your life and will also set the destiny of your life. These are the most important decisions you will ever make in your life ongoing throughout your life, not just one time, but in an ongoing manner. The most important decision first starts with your priorities and commitments. What is going to be the most important thing or things in your life and what are you going to be committed to? To be committed to something is to invest your time and treasure and talent into it. It's not just saying you're committed. It's actually proving that you are committed to something. And so the things that you choose to put first in your life and the things that you're committed to, these are extremely important decisions. Proverbs 3 verse 6 gives us a hint about this, more than a hint, actually a commitment that we're to make in our life. And everything you do, what should you do? Put God first, and he will direct and crown your efforts with success. And so it starts with having the right priorities. I've used this illustration before, but it's very, very hard to come up with an illustration that's more effective than this one. And the illustration is when you put on a shirt or uh, you ladies put on a blouse that is a buttoned shirt or a buttoned blouse, you have to get the buttons in the right place. And it all starts with the first button. If you get the first button in the second hole, you realize something's wrong. Ever done that before? You're getting dressed really fast and you got the, the second button, you got the wrong button in the wrong hole and you say, what's going on here? You finally realize nothing fits, nothing works right until you get the first button in the first hole. The same is true with your your life, that if your life is going to be properly ordered, you've got to make sure that first things really are first. What are your priorities and what are you committed to? That is the single most important decision you will make throughout your life. The second decision will be about your habits and your lifestyle. A habit is something you do repeatedly or consistently, and the repeated consistent things you do turn into the lifestyle that you live. Your habits create your lifestyle. 
You don't choose your lifestyle first, you choose your habits first, and your habits create what life that you live. And so what do you do regularly in your life that we, we could describe as being healthy for you, spirit, soul, and body? Or what things do you do regularly or consistently in your life that are unhealthy for you, spirit, soul, or body? Your lifestyle habit choices are extremely important. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 18 and 19, contemporary English version says, the lifestyle of good people is like sunlight at dawn that keeps getting brighter until broad daylight. The lifestyle of the wicked, again, the lifestyle is made up of your habits. The lifestyle of the wicked is like total darkness and they will never know what makes them stumble. So your priorities and your commitments, your lifestyle, your habits and your lifestyle the third area that you need to be concerned about, we need to be concerned about in terms of our choices, the exercise of our free will is in our thoughts and in our attitudes. Who chooses what you think? Well, stop for a moment because oftentimes we don't take responsibility for our thoughts. But the Bible teaches us that we're responsible for how we think. Philippians 4 verse 8, actually the Apostle Paul gives us a whole list of uh, filters to use in our thinking process, but he's teaching us the importance of learning to take hold of our thinking, how we think, and the attitudes of life. Who's, who is responsible for your attitudes? We are, right? I'm responsible for what I think, and I'm responsible for my attitudes. You're responsible for what you think. You're responsible for the attitudes of your life. And these things are determining a large dimension of your life. That's why you need to filter both of these things. Don't expect other people to filter this for you. You need to learn to filter these things for yourself. It is a free will, a choice, an exercising of your will to choose to think the right things and to choose the right attitudes of life. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Notice we're in the book of Proverbs. All of these coming out of the book of Proverbs. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is being shaped by your thoughts. Let's go to the fourth thing. Fourth big decision or, bit or important decision in your life would be your friends and your relationships. Who gets to choose who you hang around with? You and I do. You get to choose who your friends are going to be, and you get to choose what the relationships are going to be in your life. Now, if somebody says, well, I'm in a family, and my family's all dysfunctional and, and messed up. Well, you may feel like there's certain aspects of your life that you don't have control over, but even in the midst of that, you can choose to respond the right way, even in the midst of dysfunction. Amen? Okay. Even in the midst of dysfunction doesn't mean you have to be dysfunctional, okay? You can have dysfunction all around you. You can choose to be, I'm going to be healthy in the midst of all this lack of health. Okay, I'm going to find out what it means to be healthy. But by and large, you're choosing your friends and you're choosing the relationships of your life. And I've told you this many times and something I try to remember in my own life as well. And that's this, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. All you need to know about someone's future is look at who they're hanging around with. And whoever you're hanging around with yeah, I promise you it's going to determine where you end up in life. Proverbs 13, verse 20, very important verse. Message paraphrase, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Pretty powerful. I think we probably should read that again. Don't you think so? Become wise by doing what? Walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. One 
Additional thing I want to talk about here in terms of these decisions that you make, how you're exercising your free will, has to do with your words and your actions. What you speak and how you live, the actions that you take, what you say and what you do. You are in charge of your tongue. You're in charge of your mouth, okay? Let me say that again. You are in charge with your mouth. No one else can make you say anything. You choose what you will say and you choose what you will do with your life. Your choice of your words and your choice of your actions will determine the destiny of your life. Proverbs, again, gives us this passage in chapter 12, verse 14. People will be rewarded for what they say and they will be rewarded for what they do. And so if you say the right things, if you take control of your mouth and say the right things, and if you take control of what you do and do the right things, what is promised to us? A reward. The Bible is very clear about this. So the first principle that I'm laying out for us today is this. You are choosing You're making choices related to your decisions, and your decisions are creating your life. The decisions related to your priorities and commitments and your lifestyle, your habits and lifestyle, your friends and your relationships, your thoughts and your attitudes, your words and your actions, all these things are on each one of us. We make choices relative to each of these areas. Here's my second principle for today, and that's this. You and I need to make the big decisions when? First. I'm coming back to kind of underscore something I've already made reference to, but I want to spend a little bit of time on this today. To live a wise life, you need to make big decisions first. I'm going to define big decisions for you here more clearly in a moment. But big decisions, some decisions in your life are big and some are not so big. Some have really big consequences and some are not so consequential. What you had for breakfast this morning is not a big deal, okay? But the choices you make related to who you hang around with it, that these are important decisions. So I'm saying that there are categories of decisions. Some are small and inconsequential, and some are very big. And here's the key. If you make the right big decisions, the right big decisions will take care of a lot of the smaller decisions in your life. Small decisions can eat away at you, and they can, they can cause your life to get off track if you don't understand what's going on day in and day out. You're not, you don't have any direction for your life, and so you need some big decisions because big decisions do certain things for you. Let me give you some things that big decisions do for you. Big decisions structure your life, okay? Once you make a big decision about your priorities and your commitments, then you know what's important to you and what's not. And so it provides a structure for your life to be established by. Everything needs structure. Nothing stands without a structure. When we were building this building 20-something years ago, I watched them put the steel up before there were any walls or any carpet, anything else. The first thing after the foundation was laid and the footings were established, they began to erect steel, and the steel became the framework upon which everything else is held in and becomes it forms the building. The same is true for the house, for the apartment, the townhouse that you live in. It is framed so that you can live within the context of that place. You need a frame for your life. 
You don't need just life to pull you in all kinds of directions. You need some structure for your life. And the right big decisions will structure your life. The right big decisions will also simplify your life. I think all of us could use a little simpler life. Amen? But if you're making the right big decisions, your life gets a whole lot simpler because you're not having to think about a lot of other things and you're not caught up in indecision all the time in your life. So it becomes simpler and it also becomes far more settled. The right big decisions will settle down your life. I watch people so often and they're, they're torn here and torn. What am I going to do here? And what am I going to do there? And what's going to happen with this? And all these different emotions and feelings. And they're, they're struggling with these emotions and feelings. They're, they're not settled in life. And they're, they're wandering around aimlessly because they haven't made some big decisions with their life. They don't know what their priorities are. They don't know what they're committed to or not committed to. They haven't made the right choices relative to the people that they're seeking out for their lives. And so they have no structure, they have no sense of settledness, and their life is very complex rather than being simplified. I will tell you something else the right big decisions will do for you. The right big decisions will protect your life. Because I will tell you something, if you don't know where you're going, don't be surprised where you end up. If you don't know where you're going, don't be surprised. I didn't know my life was going to end up like this. Well, you didn't know it because you didn't set the direction of your life to know where you wanted to go with your life. You made no choices about this, no big decisions for your life. And so you lived your life. Listen closely. You lived your life. If you don't have this big decision thing going on, you will live your life at the whim of your emotions. And your emotions will take you all over the place. Your emotions will take you over here one day and then over there the next day and it'll spin you around and turn you on your ears upside down. You'll never know what life is going to be because you have no structure, no big decisions that you've made for your life. And so what happens is your emotions grab hold of you and just drag you around to whatever you're feeling in a moment and can lead you down a lot of detours in your life where you end up in places you never dreamed you would end up, but you're there because your emotions led you there. You didn't have the right choices of life, the right decisions, the right big decisions for your life. So I'm going to give you, I thought I would help you today by trying to give you some important big decisions. Would that be important, okay to do today? I'm just going to give you some that I've thought about for my own life and seen in other people that that do these things for you. And so let me just lay these out. I'm going to give you eight of them. We'll go through them very, very quickly. And so don't feel like we're going to be here forever. I promise you. We'll be out by at least oh three or 4 o'clock this afternoon for sure, okay? <laughs> no, we have to be out by 1 at least because we have another service. So I promise you you're okay. Eight things. Here we go. Number one, you need to make some big decisions about your relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Do you have a relationship with God? Do you really have a relationship with God? That is, do you, now, notice I didn't say a religion with God. I said what? A relationship with God. That you know God and you know that God knows you and you have a relationship with Him. And you do that by putting faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way to know God. He's the way to God. He's the only way to God. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the first thing in your life, if your life is going to go well, you need to make a big decision that now, starting today, let's forget about yesterday and, and the last five years or ten years. How about today? That today, starting today, you're going to put God first in your life. 
is going to be the number one thing in your life. That starting today, I'm going to open my heart and my life to Jesus. If you've never given your life to Christ, today you're making that decision. I'm going to give Jesus my life and turn my life over to him. And from this day forward, because I can't fix yesterday, it's all done, okay? You can't do anything. No reason to spend all your time on what has been. But today you can make the decision that... that now this big decision in my life is that God is going to be number one in my life. That before I do anything and everything in my life, I'm going to consult him. He's going to be the most important factor. Pleasing him is going to be more important than anything else in my life. That is a big decision that will lead you to the right, the right destiny. Amen? Is the big decision that will set your life in the right direction that will lead you to the right destiny. So you and I, if you haven't done that today, this is your first, this, is structure, this will structure your life. As soon as you commit to a relationship with God, it provides structure, settling to your life. It solves a lot of issues for you. The second big decision, starting a relationship with God, putting Him number one, is I want to encourage you to make a big decision that every day you're going to spend time with God. It's called daily devotions, okay? The every day, because now God is number one in my life, every day I'm going to spend some time with Him because I want a relationship with Him. And so this is going, I'm going to structure my life. It's a big decision that every, every what? Every day I'm going to spend some time with God. God, because if he's number one in your life, wouldn't it make sense that every day you're going to spend some time with him? Why is this important? Because you're checking in with God every day. You have an opportunity, an open door for him to speak to you and you to talk to him. It's creating the relationship. This is a big decision. It seems simple. It seems kind of small, but it's not small. It's huge because if you're daily committing yourself to God, you're getting on a course for your life. It's very simple. And so I don't even know how to do that. It's really, it's really simple to spend time with God every day. First of all, don't think of it as having to be some massive amount of time. If, you can, if all you've got is five minutes, maybe you're a busy mom and you're working, you got, you're a single mom and you're trying to take care of a family. I don't even have any time. Well, find five minutes out of your day. Five minutes out of your day or ten minutes out of your day. Turn the television off. Can I get an amen right there? Okay, okay. Check out of the internet, sign out, close your computer down, okay? Hide your own laptop, okay? Tell somebody to hide it from you. Or hide your phone, whatever you need to do, because somewhere you can find five or ten minutes at least in your day, probably more than that, where you can spend some time with God. And how does, what do you do? Well, you, you open up His Word. You, maybe it's a, a devotional guide. We have some good devotional guides out in the Resource Center for you. You can find them online. Uh, you can get the Bible app, which is a great app uh, to get on your phone to use. I, I really, probably if you're just getting started in devotions, I really wouldn't encourage you to use your phone for devotions because probably you're going to distract it. You're going to end up texting and checking your Instagram and everything else instead of really talking to God and spending time with Him. So if you're just getting started, you haven't built the discipline in your life, maybe that's not a good thing to do. But, but some, get something that's a devotional material that you're reading or get a read, Bible reading plan and just read something every day. You don't have to read 20 chapters. Just read something every day. The way I read is, I, here's the phrase I use, I read to feed. 
And I just read until I felt like, like I talked about yesterday. I was reading the book of Exodus, and I got to that part, stand still and know that I'm God. I said, oh, wow, I've never really thought of it. And that stopped me. I didn't read anymore. I just read right there, and that was what I needed for the day. And so, and then to talk to God in prayer, just to spend time with Him, talking to Him about your life. Why is this important? Because you're checking in with God every day. It's a huge, big decision for your life. It'll make the difference. It'll help you get a lot of other things done. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) Eric's my amen buddy over there. I love that. Thank you so much. Okay. It'll help you. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said it this way. He said, I have got so much to do today, I must spend three hours in prayer. What did he mean by that? He knew that the more time he spent with God, the more effective and efficient he would be in living his life. Now, I'm not saying you have to spend three hours every day in prayer, but spend some time with God. It's a big decision, right? This is something that's going to be a part of my life starting today. You say, well, I haven't done that before. That's okay. Start today. Here's your third one. Be involved in church. You need church in your life. Church is not an option, okay? Church is something the Bible says, church is the gathering of believers. Now, you're here today, and that's awesome. You've made that decision to be in the house of God, to be connected with church. That's a great thing. But let it become just a part of who you are. It's not something you do when you feel like it, that you wake up on Sunday, are we going to church today? You don't have to make that decision because you've already made the decision that every weekend I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to be with the people of God in worship. You've already made that big decision in your life. So you don't have to make a decision every weekend because you've already made the big decision that this is what we do every weekend. And by the way, your children need this also. Okay. Your children need to be raised in the truth of God's word. We need church involvement. And it's more than just attending church to get involved and to be connected, to be a part of small groups, to be a part of serving in some way. Why? Because you're connecting with other believers, you're being fed in your spiritual life, and it allows you to continue to be on the right track. See, think about it. If you had not been at church today, you would be missing something that God's trying to say to you today. And so you don't want to miss those moments in your life. It needs to be something that is a part of who you are. Get planted in the house of God. Now, some of you might say, well, I don't know if I want to get involved in church. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay. You are too. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to, he's got to be aware of that. Okay. Church made up of people. Okay. And all of us are, are a flawed, messed up people. Okay. Not a single, anybody, I, I don't see anybody polishing a halo here this morning, okay? There's not a single one, but, 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 but God calls us as his people to gather together and to be a part of family with one another. Make a big decision. You need church, and church needs you. Church involvement is not optional. It is very important. And then make a decision starting today that you're going to be a giver. And you say, why did you throw that in, Pastor? With the, church? the message was going so good until you had to throw that in there, okay? So, because, listen, this is important for your life. Do you want to be blessed? I mean, I'm just asking you, do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to end up in the right place with your life? You don't end up in the right place with your life just being a taker. You'll never get to the right place in your life just being a taker. It just doesn't work that way. You only get to the right place in your life when, yes, you receive, but also in receiving, you also learn how to 
give. God so loved the world that he gave. So to be like God, you and I have to build this into our life that we learn to give. We, we open our arms. Why? Because there becomes a new dimension of life when we live with arms like this rather than like this. It's a big decision. A lot of people have made the big decision to get all they can and can all they get. I'm just going to get everything I can in life, and that's the way that I live. And God says, no, no, that's, that's not the pathway to blessing. Make a decision to be a giver. Now, I'm going to touch on this very, very briefly for a moment. One of the ways that I learned this in my life was through my father. Many of you have heard this story before. My father taught me when I was about six or seven, somewhere in that that age of my life when he gave me my first allowance. My first allowance was 10 pennies, okay? And he gave me that, those 10 pennies. He didn't give me a dime. He gave me 10 pennies. And at the same time that he gave me those 10 pennies, he gave me an offering envelope. He said, son, I'm going to give you your allowance. You're going to get 10 cents every week, but I'm going to give you, a, and he also gave me a, actually a box of offering envelopes uh, at that time. And so here's what you do. Every week when I give you your, your 10 pennies, I want you to take one of those pennies and put it into the offering envelope and take it to church. That's called your tithe. That's 10% of your allowance. So every week, a penny out of your dime, you take it to church with you, and then you have nine pennies to either save or spend what you're going to do. But one of them belongs to God. It's not yours. It belongs to Him. And the Bible teaches us, and He was teaching me not just that God was trying to get my money. That's what I felt like to begin with. Like, oh, I don't want to give God a penny, okay? Back in those days, you could at least get one good piece of bubble gum for a penny. Sometimes at the right store, you could get two on a special day, okay? And so I'm thinking, God's taking my bubble gum money. I'm not sure about this, okay? But he was t my dad was teaching me the importance of living my life like this, okay? Instead of living my life like this, he was teaching me the value of giving. And that's a big decision that you need to make with your life that will lead you to places of blessing. Let's continue on here. What's the next one? Choose to establish your relationship with your family. Make it strong, okay? Wherever it's been in the past, if it's broken, if it's messed up, if you have dysfunction that's been allowed in the situation, we can't fix yesterday, but you can do something about today. Amen? Okay? And so if you're married, you might say, well, maybe we've had a mess in our marriage. It's been hard. Well, start doing something to fix it today. Okay? Let's start working on it. Amen? Make it number one. Start working on it. Let's fix this thing. Okay? Let's do something together to make this thing work. And, and your family, because here's the key. At the end of the day, what you want in your life and what I want in my life is whether anybody else in the whole world respects me or not, I want my family to respect me. How about you? They're the most important thing to me. And so in your spousal relationship, your marriage relationship, husband and wife, or, and with your kids and with extended family relationships, get it right. Don't let stuff hang out there. That's not a good big decision. Heal the relationships of your life, especially beginning with your family. Make it valuable. Make it important. Make it a priority. Let's go to the next one. We're just about done here. Make choices related to the people that you're going to associate with and be involved with. You're going to make some choice. You've got to evaluate your friends. Go home this afternoon, write down all your friends you're hanging around with and say, okay, do they fit the category of fool or do they fit the category of wise? That does not include spouses, by the way, okay? Just so you know, okay. Because you walk with the wise, you become 
wise, and if you walk with fools, you become a fool. And so you got to take a look and make some big decisions. You might have to eliminate some people from your life. You don't do that in a nasty way. You do it in a loving way, but make sure that you're establishing the right people around you. And then another big decision is make sure that you're making choices about things that you will or will not do or places that you will or will not go. Let me quickly say something here. There are things in your life that are just not good for you. And there are places that maybe you go that are not good for you to be there. I got a really pitiful amen right there, okay? <laughs> Things that you, you, you may be doing right now that you know you don't need to be doing. Now, you can't fix yesterday or 10 years ago or five years, but you can start today and say, there's some things I need to stop doing and some things I need to start doing in my life, and there's some places I need to stop going. Amen. I'm going to wait till everybody says amen right there, okay? Some places I need to stop going that I've been going to, and it gets me in trouble every time I go there. And it's not just a physical place. It can be a place on the internet. Oh, boy, that hurt, didn't it? Okay. Come on, church. Come on. Am I telling you the truth today? Okay. Am I telling you the truth today? Okay. Some things you don't need to go there anymore. Okay. If you don't need to go there anymore, stop going there. Why? It's like, this is not good for me. I don't need to be going there. I'm going to make a big decision today. I don't, I don't go there anymore. Okay? I don't do that anymore. And you say, well, I'm not sure I have the power. God will help you. Okay? And your brothers and sisters can help you in that journey because we're all in it together. That's why you need the church. And then let me see. I think this is the last one. Things that you'll say, you'll, you will not say or that you'll not listen to got to clean up your mouth. Wow. Amen. Power of life and death in your tongue. And there's some things you say, you know, I've been saying that forever. I'm going to stop saying that. There's some ways I've been talking that I need to clean up my mouth some. Because these words are just not honorable to God. And there's some things I've been listening to. I don't need to listen to anymore. See, there are things in life that, that don't need to enter into the ear gate of your life because when they get into here, they go down to here, okay? And so you and I make some big decisions about these things. Why? Because it's wise, amen? God says, I want you to be smart. I want you to be wise. Your decisions are creating your life and make some big decisions first. Bow with me as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We're grateful that you've spoken to us by your word. And we ask, Lord, today, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us to let this word settle in our heart by your Holy Spirit. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's son. 
I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.